Hi, I'm Pastor Kaylee. Thank you for listening to this sermon from Wood Street Chapel in Fortuna, California. You can find out more information about our church at www.woodstreetchapel.org. I'm excited to be here this morning. I am excited to be here. Today we're going to take what we learned last week and we're going to build on it and learn how we incorporate that into our day-to-day life. How do we incorporate it into our life as followers of Jesus? And before we go too far, let's do a foundational recap. What do we know? We know that God loves me, and because he loves me, he wants to be in community with me, just like we just talked about here. And because he wants to be in community with me, there's a process, there's something that's important to be in community with me. He wants to speak to me. He can't just be in community and never talk to me. Remember, I brought my wife up and said, Keely, I'm never going to talk to you again. But here's all of the words that I have for you in a a leather-bound Bible. That should be enough. It doesn't work that way. God wants to speak to us. He invites me to join with him in what it is that he is doing in the lives of his church. Prayer is the center of the Christian life. Prayer is the experience of Jesus' victory. We don't don't talk about prayer that way very often, but it truly is. Why are we able to pray? We're able to pray because of what Jesus did on the cross. And so when I come and pray, I am proclaiming Jesus' victory just through the act of me being in communication, in communion, community with God. When we pray, it is the the deepest, most personal time that I have with the Creator. It is a profound place of hearing from God. It is where Scripture is digested and chewed on and then expressed in my life, it is the, the furnace that keeps my, my spiritual fire warm. It is the sending place of mission. When I pray, that's where God calls. That's where God sends. That's where he directs. He says, hey, go do this. Prayer is the central, irreplaceable spiritual practice of the Christian life. And my question is, do we treat it that way? I don't. There is absolutely room for improvement here. According to Jesus, prayer is the defining characteristic of his family. He says, my house will be called a house of prayer. So it seems important. I think we can probably agree. And and like we mentioned when we first started this series, there are a lot of different types of prayer. We have contemplative contemplative prayer where we're we're praying about things that are in our life where we have prayers of adoration where we're telling God how great he is prayers of petition where we're coming asking God for things prayers of intercession where we're asking things for other people prayers of confession where we're we're bringing the the wrong things that we've done before God and asking for forgiveness contending prayer where we're, we're coming in and bringing an event or a series of events or something else that's going on before God and asking him to move in that situation. Prayers of persistence where you're praying and it seems like God isn't answering the prayer and you pray again and you pray again and you pray again. 
And we could go on and on and on listing the different varieties and forms of prayer, but all I'm doing right now is telling you all of the prayers that we're not talking about today. (laughs) Today, we're going to be talking more specifically about responsive prayer. That same prayer that we've been talking about for the last two weeks. (laughs) Partnering with others who are responding in an experiential encounter with God through the presence and the power of the Holy Spirit. That's what it's called. Responsive prayer. How, let's, let's simplify this. It's how we pray for each other after I'm done talking. <laughs> that, that's what responsive prayer is. That's, that's what we're talking about. It's, it's the, the prayer time when people are, are up front in teams and teams and we come up and pray. It's that, that's responsive prayer. It's, it's somebody has a need, somebody is responding to what God is already doing in their life. How do I partner with God in what he's doing in that person's life and not be a distraction to that process? Ooh, um, more on that in a minute. Um, as we continue through this series, we're absolutely going to talk about the other types of prayer. Okay, so no one will be like, oh, I wanted to talk. We will. We'll get there, I promise. But this morning, we need to talk about this. And we need to talk about this because it's directly related to what we talked about last week. What we talked about last week is prophecy as a part of prayer. God talks to his people. And that shouldn't be like the weird, mystical, oh, man, you're that kind of church. No, this should be like, this is everyday church. God talks to his people. God wants to be in relationship to his people. And so this morning, we're going to go through this in a very easy format. We're going to talk about it in an explanation, a few minutes of teaching that are just going to kind of get us where we need to go. I'm going to demonstrate what it, it, what it looks like, what I expect it to look like here. And get, we're going to do it. We're going to pray for each other the right way. (laughs) Because practice is how we learn. We're not going to learn how to do something by me just sitting up here talking to you for 30 minutes, seven days, one day out of of seven. It's not enough. So an explanation. For us to take something from the Bible and incorporate it into our daily life, we need some specific things. We need the, the theology. We need this, this understanding of what the Bible teaches about this thing. So we all know that this isn't just Matt's like new crazy idea. This is something that has some biblical truth behind it. We need a model. How do, how do we build around this? What does this look like in the church today? And then how do we actually do it? So let's start with the theology. What, what does the Bible say? about how we're supposed to pray for one another. What does it say about how we're supposed to seek prayer? There's two words that we're going to look at here. And actually, pause. We're going to look at the response first. Why and how do we need to have a response? There's some things that we're going to talk about today that are going to say, well, we haven't done that before. This is different. And I know, <laughs> and that's okay, because what, what I'm, I'm seeing here is that there is value in a physical response. When it comes to saying, I, need, I have a need for prayer, 
there is a value to getting up out of your seat and coming forward and, and saying, I, I need prayer. And why does that matter? Is it because like, I need the ego boost of having people here? <laughs> uh, no, you know, and it, it really has nothing to do with anything else other than we, we care for you. And because we care for you, there needs to be a physical response linked to the working that God is already doing in you. When God speaks, he acts, right? In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth, and he did it with a word. He spoke, and there was action. In the Bible, there is no separating God's voice from action, And one of the results of the fall in the Garden of Eden is that now there is a separation between my voice and my action. Before the fall, there wasn't a separation because what I said, I did. But now there's this separation that exists. There's this gap that exists between my best intentions and what actually comes out of it. And so all of that to tie back to this prayer time, the intention is God is speaking to me. God is saying, hey, I I want to to move in your life in this particular area, and I'm going to keep sitting in my chair, thanks. But when I respond with that action, a seemingly simple action of coming forward saying, I'm ready to receive prayer. I'm ready, God, for you to do what it is that you have planned for my life, then he shows up. I really want to be a loving husband. I really want to be a caring father. I really want to be a praying pastor. But all too often in my life, those things fall short. I overlook my wife's unspoken needs. I give my parents or my children less of myself than I should. I give them an exhausted version of myself because I've overcommitted. I book and schedule everything and prioritize productivity above prayer. Those are just who I am. Those are the things that, that are the gaps between my best intentions and who God has actually called me to be. When God speaks to me, I make myself vulnerable by moving in response. I act to partner with the action of God and what he's doing in my life. That's what it means when I ask you to come forward when you are in the middle of the row and you have to climb over like 10 people's knees. There's, there's value. And again, we're going to say, Matt, we haven't been doing that. And we're going to start because I think there is value in just that simple action. And it's not a matter of manipulation or anything else. It is for you. Moving your body is an invitation for God to continue working. And it is an invitation for your church family to come alongside and to support you in what God is doing in your life. The, the next specific that we, we have here is we're going to respond here, right up front. 
Is it because we want embarrassment? Is it because we, we, we want to make an example? Sort of. I, I do want an example. This is the normal, healthy living of God's church on a day-to-day basis. Prayer for one another is the norm. And if it is not seen as the norm, it will be weird. But it is not to be weird. And so we're not going to shove prayer off into some room off to the side. We're not going to put it into the back. We're not going to put it to the side. It's going to happen front and center because that is where God's work belongs. We're not trying to sensationalize an encounter with God. We want to normalize an encounter with God. It is the standard face-to-face encounters with God are the standard that we should expect. And if we're getting anything less than that, it's not because God isn't involved. It's because I'm not putting myself out there. I'm not making myself available. We want to put that belief out in the open, on display, because it is for everyone. Whether you are a first-time attender here at Wood Street Chapel or if you've been going here for your entire life, God is for you. When people come and respond for prayer, there is a posture that you will come and respond for prayer with. We're gonna have our feet on the ground and we're gonna have our hands open. Wow, we're getting kind of specific here, Matt, aren't we? Yeah. And there's a reason for it. This is a posture that is inclusive. This is a posture that if we look back in history, it's been kind of worked for everybody else, and it's practical. Not everybody can kneel. Not everybody can lift their hands. Most people can stand. Most people can, can stand with their hands open. This posture has been accepted for centuries, and we don't have a reason or a need to show up and coerce God to do something. We don't need to to show up and, and just be manipulative with the Holy Spirit. God is with me all the time. His Spirit is in me. So what I need to do is not talk God into showing up to actually do something in my life. What I need to do is sit there and be quiet for a minute to listen to what God is doing already. Most of the time, the problem isn't getting God to show up. The problem is me not listening correctly. And so as I stand here with both feet on the ground and my hands open, I'm listening. I've committed myself to saying, God, I I am ready for you to move forward with what you are planning to do in my life. Have your way in me. It's a posture that says, I am coming with nothing, but I am ready to receive. And it is a posture that reminds us that God gives good and perfect gifts. And it's practical. It's practical because if you're wearing a dress, you want to stand up. Responsive prayer is about two things, joining what God is doing and blessing 
what God is doing. When it comes to joining, when we pray for someone in a moment of response, of them coming forward, we are joining what God is doing. They have come up front in response to an invitation. They have made a choice to come forward and to, to receive prayer. We know that because of that response, that God is already at work in that person's life. Otherwise, why would they be there? All right, that's, that's a logical next step. Just by them showing up, we know that God is moving in their life. And so the aim of anything that I might pray should only be to partner with what God is already doing in that person's life. That takes a little bit of pressure off of you. It's not up to you to come up with this major life-changing word that you just have to make up on the fly. You're just there to partner with what God is already doing in their life. He's already done the heavy lifting. So how do we do that? What are, what are the words that we speak over this person? And it's interesting because if we look at the, the Bible and, and we look at the, the language that, that is used in a majority of the Bible is ancient Greek. Ancient Greek's a dead language. You don't speak it. I don't speak it. Jason, you don't speak it, right? Okay. Okay. Uh, and that's a problem because in English, we have what's called an active voice and a passive voice. And in the ancient Greek, there's this third option called the middle voice. Oh, this is, this is getting good. So Eugene Peterson says this. He says, prayer and spirituality feature participation, the complex participation of God and the human, his will and our wills. We neither manipulate God, which is the active voice, nor are manipulated by God, which is the passive voice. We are involved in the action and participate in its results, but do not control or define it, which is the middle voice. Prayer takes place in the middle voice. What? Um, active voice. When I initiate an action, I counsel my friend. That is active voice, passive voice. When I receive the action, I am counseled by my friend. That's passive voice. The middle voice is when I participate in the results of an action initiated by someone else, I take counsel. I am a participant, but it didn't start with me. That's how I'm supposed to pray. That's how we're called to pray. We are participants it has nothing to do with me. It has everything to do with what God is already doing in that person's life. And some of us need to hear that today. You aren't the, the amazing uh, manufacturer of God's goodwill in that person's life. They've, they've got that already. I'm not active because God has begun the work. I'm not passive because God has chosen to allow me to participate with him. God could do it without me. And yet he chooses to allow me to participate with him. And so we join with God. If we look at some scriptures, John 17, 20, uh, excuse me, 20. Let's start again. John 17, verse 20 through 21. My prayer is not for them alone. I pray also for those who will believe in me through their message, that all of them may be one, Father, just as you are in me and I am in you. May they also be in us so that the world may believe that you have sent me. That's Jesus praying in the middle voice. 
Father, you are in me and I am in you. May these others also believe. Jesus is recognizing, God, you started this work. I'm partnering with you in this work. And now I want to see this work take place in the lives of the people that you have put in my life. John 17, 22 through 23, I have given them the glory that you gave me, that they may be one as we are one. I am in them and you are in me so that they may be brought to complete unity. Then the world will know that you sent me and have loved them even as you have loved me. Again, Jesus praying in the middle voice. Jesus is recognizing it's not me that started this work, but I am partnering with you who did. Interesting note. In the Garden of Eden, we're going to go back to the beginning again. In the Garden of Eden, when Adam and Eve were in the garden before the fall, they only spoke in the middle voice. That was all that existed. And you start thinking about what, what does that mean? It, God didn't just create the garden. He didn't just create all of creation and say, hey, just sit back and watch. And he, we also know that Adam and Eve didn't just create the garden themselves. So God is speaking to Adam and Eve in the middle voice. They are speaking to God in the middle voice. And then Eve makes a choice to eat the fruit. And in that choice to eat the fruit, Eve introduces the active voice that voice that says, I am now the one who is initiating the action. She's making that choice. And then equally responsible, Adam takes the, the fruit and he tries to pass the buck and says, the woman you gave to me made me eat it in response to God. And he is now talking in the passive voice. Neither of those were a thing up until that point. Interesting to think about. The assumption if spirituality is that, excuse me, the assumption in spirituality is that always God is doing something before I know it. So the task is not to get God to do something that I think needs to be done, but to become aware of what God is doing so that I can respond to it and participate and take delight in it. So all of this to say, when we join with someone who is requesting prayer, we're not bringing the action. God has already done that. We are joining with God, and the result of our participation is an increase of that action in the person's life who is already responding. That's, that's the healthy result of prayer in the church. So... We are joining with this person, and then we're blessing this person. When a person is responding in a a setting like this, two things are true. God is working in that person's life, and that person is vulnerable. So we pray blessing. Sometimes we pray more, but at least we pray blessing. Blessing joins with what God is doing and affirms that person in the midst of their their vulnerability. What is blessing? Blessing is being seen by God. If I take my kids to the park 
and they go out and play. It is a chorus. It is just a one-hour event of, hey, dad, watch me. Hey, dad, did you see this? Hey, dad, watch this. Watch this. Did you see what I just did? Why? Because there is a primal desire that is built into us to be seen. Blessing is being seen by God. And the response to sin, what did Adam and Eve do in response to sin? They hid. They hid away and they covered themselves so that they couldn't be seen. But if we use Genesis as the model, naked and unashamed is the description of perfect relationship to God. Blessing is speaking. If we look at at Jesus when he was uh, preparing to go out in ministry, he was baptized by John and what happened? The clouds parted and God spoke, said, this is my son in whom I am well pleased. Blessing is sacrificing. Greater love has no one than this, than to lay down one's life for a friend. And before Jesus was taken up into heaven, if we look at the book of Luke, chapter 24, what does he do? He lifts up his hands and he blesses his disciples. So when we pray for someone in a moment of response, Lord, I bless what you are doing in this person's life and I ask for more of it. What we're actually saying there is, Lord, you see your son or your daughter and you love them. Lord, you speak into the core of who they are and you have given them identity. Lord, you have sacrificed everything you have to bring them home. That's what we're saying when we said, God, we bless you. Notice that we haven't once gone over how we talk to the person about what they need prayer for. We have no idea if this person is coming up to ask for an area of financial provision, if something in the teaching time really spoke to them, or if they just got a diagnosis for stage four lung cancer. We, we don't know. There is nothing that we can pray that is more impactful, more sure to join God's work in that person's life than to pray blessing first. I bless what you are doing and I ask for more in this person's life. Every good work that you have started, you will bring to completion. That's what we pray. And that's what we pray to start. We lay hands on the person that we're praying for. Jesus places his hand on the children as he's blessing them. Jesus, uh, in Acts 6, apostles lay hands on the men and, and bless them, and they get sent out to ministry. Uh, the disciples in Acts 8 lay their hands on people and, and uh, praying for the Holy Spirit to, to fall on them. In Acts 13, Paul and Barnabas are sent out with the laying on of hands. I could go on and on and on. Just trust me as I say, the Bible tells us to lay hands on one another. And so that's what we're going to do. And so, if this is the theology, then what's the model? What does this look like? How do we do it? When we respond, it starts with an explanation. This is what we're going to do. We're going to come up here. If you need prayer, come up and stand like this, and somebody's going to come and put a hand on your shoulder, and they're going to pray for you that God's continued work would be done in your life. 
That's, that's how we start. And when we pray for people, we come up and we put our hand on the shoulder. We lay the hands on that person and we wait. We wait. You don't launch into your 15-minute prepared speech that you've been thinking of for the past 10 minutes. No, you wait. We give God the first word. And if you're given a word by the Holy Spirit for that person, then go for it. Wait, you want me just to like speak into this person's life without them ever like sharing what the actual need is that they have? What if I get it wrong? You probably will. (laughs) You probably will. And guess what? Nobody died. Nobody lost their salvation. The worst thing that happened was that you tried to express the love of God in this person's life and you missed the mark today. And that's okay. Because this is, again, practice. This is how we become more like Christ. is by learning how to listen to his, learning how to listen to his voice. So we wait and we, we listen. And maybe that person in that waiting shares with you what their need is. That's okay. You don't tell them, oh, stop, I'm not supposed to know. <laughs> no, if somebody wants to share in that moment, then that's absolutely appropriate and fine. And on you go. But maybe somebody doesn't want to share. Maybe this is something that is a little personal for them and they don't want to get into it. Maybe this is something that they've brought the last five Sundays in a row and they're like, man, I just have to keep asking and I'd rather not go into it again. So if the ball's in that person's court and if they don't feel like responding, then we pray blessing. God, I see what you're doing in this person's life and I bless it. And we want more of you, Jesus. At the very least, we pray blessing. And then after that is when we stop and we pause and we say, okay, God, what are you doing in this person's life? Do you have a word? And we stop and we listen for that still small voice that we were listening to last week. Do we, is there anything that you want to share? What we don't want to do is get in the way of what God is doing in that person's life. Sometimes if we we stop and try to have a conversation with them, sometimes if we we get so caught up in, in the moment of chatting and making sure we do the right thing, we cheapen the moment and we we make it so that we have actually stopped whatever was gonna take place. When somebody comes to the front for prayer, they're responding to Jesus, not to me, not to you. We want to be a place where people can bring anything and everything that they have forward to a God who loves them. And so we pray blessing and then anything else that we feel led to do. Okay. Demonstration. Jason, can you come up here for a minute? Absolutely. Haha. <laughs> so, can I pray for you?
will not turn that down. <laughs> so, Jason is going to be our our uh, prayer dummy, our, our prayer. Uh, <laughs> I've been called worse. Don't worry. <laughs> our, our example of prayer, something a mannequin. So, Jason comes up because I've invited uh, him to come up. He stands in a posture, you know, ready to receive. And I come up and I put my hand on his shoulder, not down here, up here. Because this is where it's appropriate for us to pray. Okay? And so we come, we pray. We start by just listening. God, I thank you for what you're doing in the life of Jason. God, I thank you that you have come and you are, are moving in his life in new and miraculous ways, God, and we bless it. Lord, we ask you to, to have your will in his life. We want more of you in Jason's life, in Jesus' name. Amen. And that's how we pray for somebody. And Jason's like, oh, I didn't get a prophetic word this time. Uh, <laughs> and that's okay. You're not always going to have some you know, word that's shared every single time. Like, that's not the expectation of this time is that we're showing up and all of a sudden, you know, I, I've got to have a word for, for every single person that I lay hands on and, and pray. That's not my responsibility. It's not my responsibility to drum up the Holy Spirit in every single person's life. That's on God. And so maybe it's one in five, maybe it's one in three. We can start keeping track of our ratio if you feel like we'll have a chart on the wall. I'm just kidding, we won't do that. Um, that's all, thanks. That's not on us. What's on us is to show up. So here's what we're going to do. <laughs> it's practice time. If you need prayer this morning, the front is open. Come this morning. Stand here in a posture ready to receive. And as you stand here, don't feel like you have to share. If you want to share, feel free. And people are going to come and they're going to pray for you. And when you're ready to sit down, you can go sit down. Normally, this is when we'd have somebody play music, but since I'm the only person that can do that here, um, we're not going to do that. <laughs> because I want to be a part of what God's doing here. So the front's opened, and if, if none of you want prayer this morning, then I'm, I, I am prepared with a plan B that will force participation. <laughs> so... Uh, Let's just make sure we're all aware of that. <laughs> Heavenly Father, we thank you for this time. God, we thank you. Just go ahead and stand right down here facing forward to me. God, we thank you that you desire to be involved in the lives of your people. God, thank you that, that this is a normal part of life in the church. God, this isn't something weird. This isn't something 
out of the ordinary. This isn't something that is all creepy and uncomfortable, God. This is you being involved in the life of your kids. And we want more of it. Jesus, we want to see you move. God, we thank you for what you have promised. We thank you that you have sent a helper, that you have sent the Holy Spirit to be in and amongst us. In Jesus' name. If you're feeling led to pray for any of those that are standing up here, I invite you to come and do so following that specific guideline that we put together. God, we come this morning and we, we hungrily pursue you. pray blessing. God, we pray blessing. God, we thank you that you see us. That as we cry out, God, you, you see us. And that you have spoken over us. You've called us your own and that you have sacrificed everything to be with us. God, that is the, the blessing that we pray. That is the blessing that we accept. That is the blessing that we come for. God, we pray blessing in the lives of the, the people that are here this morning, God. We, we bless what it is that you are already doing in their life. And we want to see more of it in Jesus' name. Thank you for joining us today. If you'd like more information about Wood Street Chapel, check out our website, woodstreetchapel.org, or email us, info at woodstreetchapel.org. Connect with us on Facebook to stay in the loop. 